Hello. Thank you for joining us on tonight. This is Suffering in Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walfire, coming to you live from the broadcast booth here in York, Pennsylvania. And we're so glad to have you tune in with us on tonight for another episode of Suffering in Silence. Uh, we thank God for you tuning in on tonight. But before we get this conversation started, I want to send a shout out to my brother from another mother, all the way from Chi-Town, Illinois, holding it down in Chi-Town, Kevin Trouter. My brother, are you there? Yes, sir, man. God bless you, man. How you doing? Hey, man. Doc, we got Mike back, man. We back on the platform. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory for that, man. Doc, thank you so much, man, for all that you do to, to, to reach this, this audience, man. We appreciate you, man. Let me give you a shout out for four years, four consecutive years of being a Stella Award nominee. Congratulations, man. man. Hey, you know what, man? I always say, man, if God has it in the plans, there's nothing you can do about it. I just give him all the praise, and I'm going to continue to focus on what it is that he has anointed me to do, and that's reach out to people in every corner of the world. God bless you, brother. Bless you, Doc. Kevin, man, I want you to be encouraged, Doc. Remember, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's uh, right. For those of us who are in Christ, man, we already got the victory. Doc, I want to thank you so much for what you do for the GMAP1 Broadcaster Network. For those who don't know, we are the number one motivational and inspirational 24-7 platform on the planet. Kevin, man, I love you in the Lord, Doc. I'll be talking with you soon. That was Dr. Kevin Strouder, our executive producer out of Chi-Town, holding it down. Here in the studio with us tonight, we got three prognosticators of the gospel here from York, Pennsylvania. We got the one and only Pastor Anthony Brown, senior pastor of the, uh, of the Mount Calvary Baptist Church here in York, Pennsylvania. We also have with him uh, Minister Erin Wilford Skipworth. She's the associate minister at Bethlehem Baptist Church here in York, Pennsylvania. And we also have my friend, my brother, uh, Dr. Well, not Dr. Not yet, but uh, uh, Minister Delvon, Delvon Hawkins. I call him the Hawk. He's from the Friendship Baptist Church uh, here in York, Pennsylvania. And we're coming to you live from the broadcast booth. We're just going to have a candid conversation about uh, suffering and silence. For those who are listening, I am a survivor of depression. We're going to send a shout out to my grands all the way from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. They're here in York, Pennsylvania, keeping me young again. Janelle and Kalai, love you. Uh, to my wife, thank God for you. Appreciate your patience and your prayers. Shiloh, shout out to you as well. We're going to get this conversation started, and we're going to talk about it, keeping it 100%. If you want to dial in, talk call uh, 302-202-1110. That is 302-202-1110. When you dial that number, hit the access code uh, 538-661, and you will be a part of this conversation. Suffering in silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthour, coming to you live from the broadcast booth in York, Pennsylvania. For those who may have heard today, uh, we had a suicide. I believe the young man's name was Etika, 29 years young. He was a YouTube sensation, had over 130,000 subscribers to his uh, platform, but yet uh, the vicissitudes of life uh, have caused him to call it quits. He drowned by way of suicide. Uh, and we're going to talk about that tonight because even though you might be saved, you're not exempt from depression. I've come to realize that you can be saved and still need somebody to talk to. You can have a testimony uh, and yet need a therapist. You can have deliverance and yet need a doctor. You can have Christ and still need a counselor. So we're going to talk about that tonight to get this conversation started. Pastor, Pastor Anthony Brown, man, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. How are you? Man, it's good to have you, Doc. How you feeling, Doc? Man, I'm 
man, I know you heard about this Ithaca uh, situation, man, and I know you've been pastoring for about two years in the city, been preaching a little bit longer. You're, you're not that far removed from 29, man. Uh, so, Doc, what's your insight on, 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 on that suicide today, man? And what can you say to those who might be listening about hopelessness? First and foremost, I think it's, I think it's sad um, that we lost another young person. Um, I would encourage uh, young people to be, uh, I'm young myself, so I would encourage them to start talking out um, and finding somebody who they can talk to, um, finding a group of friends they can relate with, and just have that, that, those um, honest conversations. Wow. I think if we were honest with ourselves, in those moments, somebody can help us through um, those situations. Now, you think being young, it's kind of hard to be honest with how you feel, man? Uh, I know you're ba- I know as a pastor, you're a senior pastor, and you're also in a doctoral program now. You're working in your D-men. Man, congratulations, Doc. I'm proud of you. Uh, and I know pastoring and, and, and going through study and being married, uh, being a father. Uh, Doc, I know you're getting it from all sides. So even even myself have a moments of where I feel like I, the world is coming to an end. Um, but I've surrounded myself by people who are prayer partners, who are really friends wow. that I can connect with. I can check in. Check in. So usually I check in every day with my pastor. I have somebody I can check in with every day. So let me get this right. You check in before you check out? Man, I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. But I do think being young, we do have, we have a lot of issues. We have this financial dilemma. Yeah. There's family, there's family crisis, um, the government crisis. I mean, work crisis. I mean, there's a lot of crises that we face daily that pressure us into doing things that we might think that we can't get out of. Wow, man, that's real talk. Uh, we also have here uh, Minister Erin uh, uh, Wilford Skipworth, uh, and she she's a PK, uh, and so she grew up in the church. Her father is the, is, is the senior pastor of the church that she's a part of, uh, associate minister. Um, and so, uh, Minister Skipworth, I know being a being a woman. Uh, growing up in a traditional Baptist church, being called to preach. I know there's some pressures that went along with that. Um, and then um, having to minister to people that you grew up with, they saw you grow up. And, and so I'm quite sure to some of them, you're still a little errant, you know, uh, not, not minister, skip work, you're married now. But for many of them, they still see you as a little girl that followed daddy and followed mommy uh, all those years. What, what, what are some of your, um, your thoughts about Ithaca, uh, being a young woman, uh, married in the ministry. I think, and you, you alluded to uh, being a PK, I think um, similar to what Pastor Brown said, that you have to surround yourself with people that you can be transparent with. Um, as a PK, you're, you're, you have a lot of people that you are surrounded by, but you don't have a lot of people that you can be transparent with. Whoa. Um, so what I've learned is that I have to seek and develop relationships with folks that I can be transparent with. Wow. Um, that, you know, they don't, you know, see me as little Aaron or, you know, they don't they don't see me as the PK or Reverend Wolford's daughter, but but they see me as just myself, you know, with, with no bias and I can just totally be honest with them. Um so I think that it's important to surround myself um with folks I can be transparent with. And I think specific to being a woman, um and being a preacher, that we also have, um, we're prone to deal with postpartum depression. And that is something wow. that I dealt with. Are you serious? Um, yeah. So I think that as um, women pastors and preachers increase, 
that postpartum depression is something that we will have to to, to actually look at more so, you know, in as far as clergy are concerned. So do you think the church ought to be leading that discussion? I do. Wow. I think that the church should be leading that discussion in general because a lot of times we we see people that are depressed, but we don't realize it could be linked to in women in particular having children. And then we don't think about also what the husband goes through if the wife is depressed. So now did you have to deal with that with your husband? So he, he was also brought into that whole cycle yeah. of depression. Right. And it did, now how did you balance that? How did you fight through that as well, a preacher? Because you still had to preach. You yeah. still had to prepare. One thing that was interesting with my, with my oldest son, and this is before I actually accepted the call, I realized that my mom was heavily involved with, with my son. And that's when, when I was coming out of the depression, I realized I was depressed because a lot of people don't realize that they're depressed. Wow. Say that again. So a lot of people don't realize they're depressed until they're coming out. And I was wondering, why is my mom so hands-on? But she was one of those people supporting and helping and, you know, keeping me encouraged and lifting me up. So as Pastor Brown alluded to, you have to keep yourself surrounded by people who are going to support you and love you and just be totally honest with you. I like what you said about people being surrounded by people, but not being transparent. Uh, And I'm I'm a witness. I didn't realize I was depressed until I realized I was depressed. And, uh, and that's real talk. That's real talk. Uh, man, how you doing? I want you to jump into this conversation, Doc. We just having coffee. I know we don't have a coffee pot. We just we just having coffee. Uh, <laughs> uh, Doc, uh, I, I know you're an associate minister and uh, you deal with Christian education. Uh, you've been preaching about six years now. I'm uh, uh, right here in York. Talk about some of your experiences. Uh, minister uh, Skipworth talked about uh, not just ministry uh, depression, but post uh, modem depression coming out of having children. Uh, what, what do you think about the Etica uh, Etica situation? Uh, young man, 29 years young, man, decided to call the quits. He just he just exited, man. What what, what you think about that? Um, I think it's a I think it's a tragedy, um, a real tragedy um, that many people deal with. Um, for me, I really believe when it comes to depression and dealing with life, uh, it is important to have people in your life that maybe you might not say anything about your depression but they see it and they know, you know, when you're having a good day and right. when you're not having a good day. And they're like, okay, I know what to say to you and I know what not to say to you. So I think it's important to have people. Who- you know, I know we go to the Baptist Minister Council and this young man sitting in front of me, Pastor Brown, he's a dear friend with your dad, uh, Pastor, Pastor Wilford. They have a very unique relationship. But your dad talked about, he came on this broadcast, talked about uh, depression that he had gone through. And he called this young man named by, uh, out by name, Minister, uh, Pastor Brown. And he said that God put Pastor Brown in his life um, to, to, to just bring him through that cycle. And even now he has seasons. And, and uh, I, I know when I first came to, pa- to uh, York, I was a part of Pastor Brown's ordination uh, uh, committee, I believe. And I preached your, I preached your ordination service. Uh, and so Pastor Brown... Uh, being being a comrade of someone who's a senior pastor, and and he looks to you for inspiration. Um, and I know you have your own battles that you go through, and I know y'all feed off each other. I mean, I'm being Hawker there. You know, it's a popcorn, man. It's like it's like popcorn and peanuts and 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 and, and Sprite. But uh, the relationship that you and Dr. Wilford have is so 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 meaningful, and you bless us just by allowing us to be able to see how y'all connect. Uh, Doc, how, how does that make you feel to know that a senior pastor has, has found inspiration from you? It, 
<laughs> it's a <surprising laughs> um, Because truthfully, I didn't know that my pastor, right, uh, that he's your pastor, that's right, my pastor, was going through such a thing. Um, it was uh, towards the end when he acknowledged it that I said, oh my, it was me. Um, one of the things is, is I think that um, he, I can see now and look back and say, you know, through different challenges that he's had faced, he would call me and just, he would call me and uh, say different things and, 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 and challenge me in different areas and ask me different questions. For me, uh, it was one of those things where uh, God used me and I didn't know <laughs> I was being used for that purpose, which is, I think a lot of us are in the same situation. We're being used and we don't even know we're being wow, used. Wow, that's real, man. Um, and so, but for me, it is one of those things where I think I battle with depression a lot. Um, and are you serious? I do, yeah. And so, uh, because when things don't tend to go the way I perceive them to be, I fall into a deep moment of, uh, of where I need to get away from everyone. I need to isolate myself. Um, I feel heartbroken because why me? Uh, why am I going through this? So for me, it's one of those things where to not get to that place, I we I bounce back to my pastor, where we bounce back to each other, so I won't fall to that deep state where I feel like I can't get out of it. Wow. And I like how what you said that, you know, I have times where I get depressed because I think a lot of people believe that since they don't have the disease of depression that they don't get depressed. Right. But all of us have seasons of depression. That's right. Most of us have seasons of depression even if we don't have the disease of depression. Wow. Right. So I think that it's important to acknowledge that and to build up those um, networks or those connections before we go into those seasons, so that when we're there, we, we have, we're, up, we're lifted up. And um, another thing is with, with, with the senior pastor looking to someone who, who's possibly younger or someone, you know, who you may not think someone will look at you and say, okay, you know, you, you helped me get through this time. Um, I think one of the things that Etika said was he felt like he had nobody. Mm. So when you're depressed, it doesn't matter who. Wow. They're not, you know, anyone who is willing to listen, anyone who's willing to encourage, anyone who's willing to to invoke some type of level of hope, you know, they will cling to you. So I think that, that you know, like you said, it, it doesn't matter who you are, you 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 have the potential to be used to bring somebody out of their, their issue or out Praise of their God. situation. So, Praise God, man. That's, think, that's real. I, I think we, and I go back to what uh, Mr. Stewart said, I sometimes think that we get so busy with our own indulgence of things mm. to where we don't realize that someone else is really crying out for help. Whoa. And so because we're too indulged into our own our realities, uh, we ignore what someone else is going through. Wow. And so I think what she has said is correct. And I think we're all affected. Um, we're afflicted, but we're not crushed. Mm. And so I think we Talk, all man. go through affliction. And if that's my depression or whatever that is, I, but I cannot be crushed. Wow. Wow. Come on, man. You got to jump in this. Doc. This, yeah. is, this is a tight conversation. We got Hawk over here. He's, he, he's hawking around, man. He just, he, he's, 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 he's ready to scoop down on the conversation. <laughs> For those who are listening, I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthour. This is Suffering in Silence. We're live in the broadcast booth coming to you from York, Pennsylvania. I have here with me Pastor Anthony Brown, senior pastor of the Mount Calvary Baptist Church here in York, Pennsylvania. Minister Aaron uh, Wilfred Skipworth of the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And my man, Hawk, who's just on the sidelines getting ready to jump in. Uh, Delvon Hawkins of the Friendship Baptist Church here in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's interesting, uh, Doc, when I look at the two of you, and you all have a pretty solid relationship. But it's, it, it, you mentioned that uh, you have depression sometimes, Pastor. 
But is it safe to say that sometimes you you gain from Minister Hawkins what Reverend Wilford gains from you? I do. And and you're older than him. Am I right? By five years, four years. So you you're four years, uh, Minister Hawkins senior, and Dr. Wilford is your senior. But yet he looks to you to inspire him. And as you are dealing with your own seasons and cycles of depression, Minister Hawkins here, who is your junior, inspires you. Wow. So so God gave you what He used you for in the life of somebody else. My God. How does that make you feel, man? <laughs> it just makes me feel, <laughs> it, it feel good. I got somebody. I, I, I think, again, um, what I throw back is that we have to surround ourselves by people who are going to challenge us and who's going to help us get out of whatever state we're in. So, Hawk, man, Doc, you are, you, you, you are Timothy to this Paul, man, and he says that he, he, he looks to you for inspiration. How does that make you feel, man? Uh, that makes me feel wonderful uh, to bring light to a person that may feel dark, um, even when you don't know. Um, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. Wow, wow. I think part of the ministry is that people think that we're superhuman, that, you know, because we're in the pulpit, whether we're pastoring or just preaching, that uh, we're superhuman and we don't have challenges. We don't have uh, seasons and cycles of despair, despondency, and depression. You know, um, one of the things that we talk about, um, coming out of depression, Isaiah chapter number 61, verse 3, God says, I'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And that word heaviness literally means depression. And so depression is a spirit. It's a spirit. It's not only a disease, as Minister Skipworth mentioned so eloquently, but it's a spiritual attack. Um, Pastor, um, as a watchman of souls, um, and you talked about having your own seasons and cycles, and, and this is a candid conversation, so as as we're talking, you feel like jumping in, jump in. Uh, before I ask the question, I see Minister Skipworth, you, you want to say something? Oh, no, I wasn't going to say anything. I was waiting for the question. Okay, I thought you wanted to dive in with a comment. No? I always got the comment. Go ahead and get a comment. No, no, get a comment. No. Get a comment. You were, you were talking about, it, you know, it being um, spiritual. Yeah. Um, and then also you were talking about how pastors, we feel like we're superhuman, and I was listening to Pastor John Jenkins, Wow. He he was saying that sometimes we get depressed and there's nothing wrong. <laughs> that we have no reason to be depressed and we're depressed. And I think as preachers, we are constantly listening for the voice of God. And when we don't hear it, when we want to hear it or how we want to hear it, or we don't, we, we feel like we're not hearing clearly or we're looking for a word. I think a lot of times as preachers, we, we kind of get into this, this, this spirit of heaviness. Mm. And then when we, when we, then if we come out and we have the garment of praise because we now we're we have all these revelations. Wow. So that just that scripture just kind of links to kind of what um, Pastor Jenkins was, was saying. Wow. So God allows us to go through that cycle and season of despair and depression, uh, because on the other side there's some deliverance. Yeah, we believe that. Wow. I don't think that's that, that's know, rich. That that it's always the desire for us to be depressed, but I, I do think that all things work, you know, for our good. So we we come out. You know, with with something. Wow, uh, Pastor, uh, you, you you besides myself, you're the only senior pastor in this conference in this conference uh, conversation rather, and uh, you're relatively young, man. You you're young, um, pastoring uh, a church here in York City, um, traditional church. Um, I know you're from Philadelphia, so so your background is a little bit different from from the culture here at uh, at at at, uh, at York. 
uh, I, I know coming in from the outside here in York, I'm from South Florida, uh, you, you get homesick, you know. Uh, how do you, I know you can just jump in your car, you and your wife can go to Philly in an hour and a half, uh, but I, I know, you know, coming from Philadelphia and, and being exposed to a certain level of ministry or a certain level of, of church environment, and, and then you're struggling with that, that type of climate. Um, how does that weigh on you and your own desire um, and your ministry? So one of the things is I've been listening to um, in this class for minister I'm calling in life uh, to John Erper, who uh, suggested that most of us live in the shadow. Mm. Um, and the shadow would be the place that we, uh, that we haven't dealt with, um, that we're hiding. Um, that we don't want no one to get to. Um, and so one of the things for me, I have to always constantly remember that I cannot compare ministry of my friends in Philadelphia to ministry here. Um, and that's constant before me because uh, the community is different. Yes. There are different needs in the community. Um, there are different issues. Um, so one of the things is why is in my ministry here? Well, possibly because God doesn't want it to be there yet. <laughs> um, uh, there's a learning. There's something that I need is to Is that say. hard to grapple with, man? Is it, that, is, it, that, is, it is very hard. Being it in is. Crete. Uh, Paul talked about, Paul sent Timothy to, to Crete. Right. Uh, Crete, we call it Crete, uh, which is a barren place, man. Nothing going on in Crete. You want to be in Jerusalem. Right. And so I think because of the fast pace of life, um, it's faster. There is more things, are, there's more things to do. Uh, when you come to a city that's urban, but there are less things to do, it becomes the boredom. Um, and so that, that sets in a little bit. Uh, and so what I constantly am doing is making sure I'm not comparing ministry. Wow. Um, that what God has called this ministry to be is not what God called me to do. Talk, and man. And sometimes I, for myself, I get caught in that shadow. I wanted to be not, somewhere where I'm not designed to now, be. Now, 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 draw a little bit on the shadow. When you say the shadow, what what? What area is that? The gray area? Uh, that would be the gray area. It would be the area of the the, the you that everyone doesn't know, <laughs> so, uh, or the issue that is prevalent that you know is prevalent, or you might not even know is prevalent, but it's prevalent, uh, and you haven't dealt with that. So that is that is where I think uh, you know we we have been. I think, and that all comes from uh, the story about Esther um, and King Xerxes yes. about how he had some stuff that he didn't even realize was really going on. And he ignored that thing. So that's where, for me, I'm always keeping things, uh, making sure I'm not comparing myself to somebody else and the need for to want to be where somebody else is. Now, this, this, uh, this segment is talking about, we're talking about a kingdom state of mind. And as, as, as Christians, I, I've evolved. I, I don't just re- refer to myself as a Christian. I call myself a kingdomite. Uh, I believe that I'm a part of a greater kingdom. Um, and and as a Christian, I have to elevate my mind to a kingdom thought process. Mm-hmm. I have to become kingdom-minded uh, as opposed to church-minded. And all of us know church. I mean, we've been in church all of our lives, you know, whether it's Baptist, Pentecostal. We, we know church culture. We know church cliches. We, we, we know church. But this whole thing of kingdom, when I, when I came out of depression, uh, one of the things that I had to do is to rethink my thinking, because if I don't rethink my thinking, I can be drawn back into that season and cycle of depression. So those triggers, 
Um, you you mentioned something, Pastor. And I want I want I want uh, Minister Skipworth and and Hawks uh, uh, um, input on this. You talked about urban urban ministry. You talked about when you're in a um, yeah urban area. I know your studies. You're 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 doing a deep in on urban ministry. Um, what are some of the things that because doing urban ministry can be depressing. It, it, depending on where you are culturally. And so now that you're looking at this from a theological perspective in terms of your, your studies, I'm quite sure you've seen some fresh insight to this. What are some of the things that you're taking away? And I would like to hear um, a Minister Skipworth's input because you grew up in, in this area. Um, I know your dad has Florida ties, which is where I'm from. I met your dad in Florida before I came here. And I know you're from, you're from here. Um, born and raised, oh, you're, you're from York, but you, you travel, you travel to other places and you become exposed to other cultures and ways of life. So I would like to hear the different dynamics, but particularly what you've been studying and how your study, uh, pastor has caused you to look at maybe your ministry and what you're doing a little differently. So, um, to answer your question is I've been looking at, um, ministry of Jesus, um, and the cities he were, he was, he was in. Um, and looking at um, that there's nothing new under the sun, um, that evil existed in Sodom and Gomorrah. Evil existed uh, back when Cain, uh, and that was a city. Um, so it was interesting, the city of Eden, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is interesting. Uh, and so where I'm at is I've discovered is, is that we forget about ministry in, of the city. Um, and we want to worry about our church, churches so much so where we forget about ministry of the community. So if we look at kingdom-minded, if we're looking at kingdom, Jesus worried about the community. Jesus worried about not just the community. He worried about everybody. That's right. Uh, and so whereas we have now um, grandstand in our own cathedrals to where we have forgotten about our neighbors who live next door to us. Wow. And so for me, for my studies, what I've noticed is, is a lot of churches haven't even reached people on their own block. Which is interesting. So you mean to tell me we're having church, but we're not having church? Right. Wow. How many? You now see, here's the question: How many people from our churches that live on the block attend our church? That's real, man. That's real. Now, Doc, um, in terms of in terms of our our conversation here, we're talking about dealing with people that, that that's lost hope. And I know sometimes in urban areas, uh, 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 call that lady back in here uh, uh, before she before before she leaves. Uh, for those who are listening, this is Suffering in Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walter. I got my wife and I got my grands here uh, in, 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 in the broadcasting booth. Um, come on. No, no. Come on. Come on. I got guests. Come on in here, lady. Come on. Come on. No, not you. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, lady? <laughs> lady Michelle, she gone. Oh, man. Come here, Janelle. Come on, say hello to our listening audience. Give them a shout out. This is my this is my granddaughter from South Florida, uh, Janelle Dominique Jean. Come and say hello. Hi, people. <laughs> oh, follow my Instagram <laughs> at they dot no, she didn't. <laughs> underscore Ray. <laughs> oh, oh that's yeah, my... and my TikTok at early that one night. She coming on suffering in silence, y'all. Giving a shout out for her Instagram. <laughs> this is my grandson. Kalai, all the way from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Come on, Kalai, Jeremiah, Jean. Say hello to GMAP1 Broadcasting Network family. Hi, I'm Kalai. Um, 
Yeah. Um, follow <laughs> my TikTok at no, you that didn't. underscore kid dot kj. Bye, people. Only grandkids can do this, y'all. They're coming in here taking advantage of the mic. All the way from South Florida, Genetic lot. thank you. They're going to be hanging out with us in the background, but we're having a conversation. This is Suffering in Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthar. We're having a kind of conversation about depression, suicide, talking about the etiquette of suicide, and uh, ministry. How can the church How can the church minister to those who have lost hope? Pastor, you was mentioning uh, earlier about urban ministry and uh, dealing with hopelessness. Um, there are a lot of people who are in our communities. Our communities are in an uproar. Let's just, let's be honest with this. Um, there are a lot of poor people in the communities that, are, that we pastor. Um, and now how do I preach hope to a community that feels like there is nothing left? Wow, wow, that's real. Hulk, I know you're from uh, York, and you've gone from Atlanta. I know you've been in Baltimore. You've been in Philly. You've you've gone different places and seen different scenes in terms of coming back here. What are some of the challenges that you've seen in, in this urban uh, disconnect between the church and the community? I cannot completely speak for other towns, um, but I can speak for the city in which I live in. Um, uh, one of the things, and, and just one thing that I've, I've learned, that people that are outside of the church um, possibly have lost hope, um, possibly because, you know, of their personal life, you know, uh, the challenges that go on in their life, and when they come to church, um, it's good to hear about the message, um, but they want to see the message, and, um uh, maybe sometimes they don't see the message in their eyes, or maybe they don't want to see the message in their eyes, and uh, maybe that's the challenge that they that they're dealing with. Uh, wow, that's interesting, Doc. Uh, because when people lose hope, man, it it, it it it's it's only a matter of time before either you check in or check out. And uh, Minister Skipworth, you mentioned earlier that uh, Etika said that he didn't have anybody. I yeah. know. Some of the posts that he put up says, I'm sorry. Uh, he talked about feeling guilty. Then he talked about um, pushing people away. He he started really isolating himself. Yeah. Um, and so growing up here in York, of course, being a PK, um, this urban this urban disconnect and being a woman, what, what are some of the things that you would say to other women? Yeah. Because women, uh, and I'm so glad to have your voice as part of this conversation, women deal with depression totally different. We try to Look at it from a logistical. We, we try to make sense out of it as men, but women embrace it emotionally. Yeah. Um, wh- what would you say to some of those women who are listening to your voice? To answer your first question, as, as far as being from York, I know one of the things that I have to um, focus on, you know, doing ministry here is not to get too comfortable. Um, a lot of times when you, you know an area, you feel like you, you know and understand the issues and the problems and you get a little comfortable. But one of the things that I learned under the leadership of my father, who we laugh all the time because he knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, he does. Everybody. I mean, you don't have to go to my church, but if you come in, in any type of in his presence, you know, one of the things that he does is he tries to engage. And I think that as preachers, pastors in the community, that we have to um, find ways to engage with the community, not just on Sunday morning speaking to who comes into the church, but wow. for us getting active. Um, and when they when 
they, they start to get comfortable. You can share your story. They get to know you, and you can share those moments with people. And you can let them know, like, you know, you're not the only one. You're not going to be the only one who has gone through this. You know, you know I've gone through this. You can share your story. Um, but you can also hear what the community is in need of, and I think that that's, that's important. Um, as a woman, I know, I, I feel like um, there are different, you know, we, especially women preacher, we, we deal with um, just different different issues. I won't say that there are more issues or more important, but um, one of the things that I'm looking at in my studies is um, boundary-standing leadership, mm. specifically for African-American women leaders and African-American clergy. So not what are the issues that we face, but how, how do we stand those boundaries? How, how do we get across these issues that we experience? How do we teach our brothers the issues that we go through, our brothers in ministry that we go through, um, so that they can understand what we're, what we're dealing with, but also what women parishioners also may deal with. And I think that um, being a, 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 you know, a woman clergy, that it also lends a unique voice to maybe the needs of the community at this time that, that a male may not be able to um, address or, wow. or, or completely understand. So I think that um, it, it's important for women clergy, their, their presence um, uh, at, at this time specifically. That's revolutionary because um, you're basically saying that we got to put some context to this, that um, what we deal with as preachers, as pulpiteers, yeah. um, many times the parishioners really don't know. Right. And sometimes we don't even know, right. you know, as preachers, you know, you mentioned earlier, we get depressed and nothing wrong. Right. Church growing, things going well. And yet we, we walk around here like, you know, we got a dark cloud following us. Um, if you, because this Ithaca thing just really hits home. Mm-hmm. Um, for a young brother that have so much potential, um, 130,000 subscribers to his platform, and yet he decides to check out. Um, if if either one of you could say something to a family member or somebody who may be dealing with this, what type of message of hope would you give them? I think for picking up the pieces. Yeah. I think one of the things that we, we talk about cliches, and I think it's very easy to tell people, you know, pray about it, you know, you're going to be okay. But I think that we we have to, and I think some people, they may reject help or it's uncomfortable, but we, we have to really start um, addressing what we see. Um, I think a lot, you know, he, he was, he had, you know, awkward behavior. He wasn't acting like himself. He was saying things that were out of out of the norm. Um, he was rejecting help. Uh, even I, I watched the video that he that he um, put up, you know, apologizing. But I think that we have to start taking ownership of, wow. of other of what other people are going through. That we've got to start casting some of those those burdens, putting those burdens on our shoulders. So we have to get engaged. We, we have to get engaged because someone that actually needs help. So that is really the point where they start to talk about suffering in silence. Most don't talk. I know wow. when I when I feel like I'm going through, I'm quiet. And my friends and accountability partners will say, what's going on with you? And I think that we have to start asking what's going on, but then lending words of encouragement. Um, yeah. I think I think we need to 
to really, as Christians, engage with the Holy Writ in the sense that. <laughs> Listen, man, everybody, everybody, not, everybody might not know what that is, man. You, you, <laughs> you're going theologically um, the power, deep, doctor. The, the, the power of, of two, the power of two. Um, I think where Jesus sent them out two by twos, um, Moses sent Joshua and Caleb. Um, you had Elijah and Elisha. Um, you had Paul and Barnabas. Um, I, I'm, uh, you have Paul and Silas. What I'm noticing is, is that if the enemy can get us by ourselves, wow, he he wants to isolate us, Reverend. Um, but when we have another person who's not our spouse, who is somebody who can uh, we connect with, uh, I, I believe there's power. An agreement in two. Man. Um, so uh, the Bible says where there's two or three, uh, but that two again. And so when wow. we look at the two, I think that we need to really look at having accountability partners. I think the church needs to stress that when people come to Jesus, we need to assign you to somebody who can keep you accountable. Wow. Um, and uh and we don't always listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's just be honest with this. Um, we reject it because uh, sometimes we want to do what we want to do. However, when we have somebody in front of us who is constantly in relationship <laughs> with us, then, I, I, you know, I guess about that cord, you know, the cord? Yeah, uh, not easy, the not, cord of three. Cord not, of three easily, yeah. not easily broken. Now, if you really want to, you know, take a deep further, then you got You going to go a little bit deeper, man? Go a little bit deeper. Oh, come on, Doc. The, the audience is already messed up over the power two. You going you gonna, you gonna to bring up the power three? Yeah, you bring, you bring up the power three. I mean, again, you need people. We need people who are going to engage. But I'm going to go back to what, what Minister Skidworth said. I don't think we do. We need, we need people who know how to identify and who can help truly. I think the day of we're going to put you with this person or we're over here, I think we're past those days of, uh, uh, of, uh, of, what's the word I'm looking for, y'all? Past the days of having somebody who's not going, who's, surf- who's at the surface. We need people who are going to go deeper with us. Wow. We need people who are going to walk with us. And I think if the young man had somebody who was walking with him and really cut through, um, one of the things is I- I'm a late person, okay? And my, uh, one of my, my accountability partner has told me off about being late. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, but he's right that you can miss. I can I can miss a lot of blessings if I'm late. So uh, therefore, what I'm saying is, is I think that when someone is uh, not normal, when someone is not themselves, you have somebody can identify within the voice mm. or seeing you Dress. that can connect that something ain't right. Wow. Pastor Brown, man, Doc, you 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 just you you just blew the top off the roof. I mean, with that, that no, you just blew the roof off the house, the top off the <laughs> off the bottle. Doc, that, that that's so relevant because uh, Etika was isolated. He 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 began to to really just wind down to a point of individualism, and 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 you're so right. Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. Um, all throughout the scripture, we have these accountability partners in ministry. And um, that's, that's interesting because when I look at you and Hulk, it goes back to what I see in you and, and, and Dr. Wilford, accountability partners. I don't know the depth of, of, of your relationship, but I do know he's gleaning from you. I do know you, you value his voice. Um, Dr. Hawkins, uh, 
as as a as a young upcoming associate and your eyes are open. I know you said from your pastor, Dr. Baber, over at Friendship, and you, you're very observant. I've watched you. You're very observant. You might not say a whole lot, but you see a whole lot. And when you do say something, it's say something with substance. Um, as you connect with, with, with youth, and I know you work with the Sunday School Ministry, Education Ministry, so I know you got to come in contact with young people in the ministry and in the neighborhood. Um, what are some of the things that, you, that you've seen um, with the community here in York in terms of the hopelessness with the children, the youth, and even in churches? Because what I've discovered is that even though some people might be in church, they still don't have hope. They're in a place of healing, but they're hopeless. And many times they're just there out of routine because mama say come, because dad say come, or just because I do it traditionally. So, so what would you say are some of the things that you've seen um, as, as a minister of the gospel in terms of the hopelessness and despair of this generation, 29 years young, that missing element of the church, that young adult crowd that we're so desperately trying to get reconnected with? What I've seen, what I've seen in this generation um, is a lack of guidance, um, mentorship. Um, many people, many young people uh, suffer from, you know, abandonment issues. Wow. Um, you know, their parents might not necessarily be involved in their life. They might be at home, but they're not in their lives. And so when they come to church, they're not used to, you know, respecting the elders. They're not used to doing what the leaders of the church tell them to do. And so that causes frustration with the older people because they're used to, in their generation, what the elders say, we do it. But in this generation, they are the dealing with inner issues and I don't think their disrespect is just complete disrespect. I think their disrespect is a cry for help. Um wow. asking, can you help me in my dysfunction? Can you help me in my inner because I'm fighting with inner demons and uh So let me get this right. Are you saying that it's a possibility that we're misinterpreting? The behavior? Oftentimes we are. Yeah. That the behavior is a symptom of a deeper issue, and they're really through that behavior uh, process asking for help? Yes. Um, oftentimes we demonize um, when we really should be listening and saying, okay, this is an innocent person asking for help. I need help. And sometimes they might not necessarily be able to verbally say, I need help, because they said, I, I need help, and they've been rejected. Wow. So, so the behavior is really body language. Body language. And we have to learn how to read the body language. Yes. Wow. I think it's deeper than that. Wow. That's, that's, that's rich, Hawk. That's rich. I, I Pastor? Think, I, think, I think we, we're, we're not trying. I don't want to make a broad claim, but I think we misunderstand what it means to be a disciple. And the reason why I say that, I think the familiar story about Juan Bartimaeus um, and the whole passage, if you really look at it for what it is, is that the crowd and the disciples who were part of the crowd told Bartimaeus to be quiet while Jesus was passing. The one who can help him, the one who can get that truth. And so 
what happens is he keeps crying out. And finally, Jesus stops everybody because he hears that cry. And I think, and the, the, the moral of the story is the disciples were too busy with everything else, too focused on everything else on the crowd, on everything that's around them, but not really looking deeper at really what's the issue going on. This man needs help. And so I think we're too busy and we're, we're, we're putting men, we're, we're not really understanding ministry. And I think we don't really understand leadership, um, understanding discipleship. Because if we really understood our place and understood what we were called to do, we would not miss out on the cries of those children or the cries of people who are crying out, uh, who are in despair. They need help. Wow. For those of you who are listening, this is Suffering in Silence. Man, we are having a candid conversation just here in the broadcasting booth. I got here with me Pastor Anthony Brown of the Mount Calvary Baptist Church here in York, Pennsylvania. Got with me uh, Minister Aaron Wilford. Skipworth of the Bethlehem Baptist Church here in York, Pennsylvania, and also my man Hawk, um, Delvon Hawkins of the Friendship Baptist Church, and we're just having candid conversation about hopelessness, despair. We're talking about Etika. For those who may have heard, he uh, committed suicide, found uh, floating um, um, in, in the waters um, uh, earlier this week. Uh, this young man was a, was a YouTube sensation, had a huge following. Uh, just just had a whole bright future ahead of him, and for whatever reason, he came to a place where he didn't want to live anymore. Listen, if he was like me, I understand that 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 feeling because I too had thoughts of suicide. I too thought about exiting it out. And when I look back, it wasn't that I didn't want to live. I didn't want to live in the pain. I just didn't want to continue in the pain that I was in, and I was suffering in silence. And I just believe Erica was suffering in silence. He was crying out. And maybe we missed the message. Uh, we were so engaged, we were so in, so engaged with our own lives that we ignored the cry for help. So we're having a candid conversation here in the broadcast booth. I'm so grateful to have these three prognosticators of the gospel uh, uh, expounding and expatiating the text uh, of the Evangelion. As the man said before me, we're gonna we're gonna revisit the Holy Writ. Listen. Uh, <laughs> This is Suffering in Silence. I am your host, Dr. Larry Walthall. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, if you want to call in and be a part of this conversation, dial 302-202-1110. And when you dial in, hit this access code, 538-661, and we will try to get your voice to be a part of this conversation. Uh, as we always try to do, uh, our executive producer has given us some extra time, so we're going to go to 930 on tonight, and I'm so glad because this is a great conversation. Um, but, but we always try to go to the word. And in the book of Jonah, for those of us who are dealing with depression, uh, uh, and, 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 and Itica's, uh challenge is not unique. Uh, there are many people in the Bible that struggle with depression. Um, uh, Elijah, the prophet, struggled with depression. Jonah, the prophet, struggled with depression. Um, and so many other titans of our faith, when we look at them, David uh, talked about depressing times. And he just... He said, uh, when I saw the advancement of the wicked, my foot almost slipped. Jeremiah said, I'm not going to even preach no more. I'm tired of this. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't sign up for this. When God called me to preach, this is not what I signed up for. And he said, I'm not doing it anymore. And he said, but the word of God was like a burning fire set from bones. Uh, in the book of Jonah, chapter number 2, verse 2, Jonah says these were out of the depths of hell I cried, and the Lord delivered me. I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. 
out of the belly of hell I cried, and thou heardest me. Listen, depression is an affliction. If you are dealing with depression, you are under affliction. Everybody here in this broadcasting booth has have testified that they've had seasons and cycles of depression. The fact that you're still living says that you are a survivor. The fact that what was designed to take you out didn't take you out, but you're still here to talk about it, says that God was with you in the midst of it all. So we're going to take a look at Jonah chapter 2, verse 2, when, when, when the prophet Jonah, the prophet, I did say prophet, the man of God said, I was in affliction. I was in a dry place. I was in a depressing place. I was in a despairing place, but I cried unto the Lord. And when we look at that text, we're going to talk about it from these aspects, uh, uh, Jonah's affliction, God's answer, and Jonah's assurance. Listen, if you're dealing with suicide, if you're dealing with depression, despair, discouragement, whatever your situation may be, your affliction is an answer from God that you have the assurance that you are more than a conqueror. Pastor, uh, talk about this affliction, man. Jonah talked about, um, out of my affliction, I cried. And I can talk about that, man. Sometimes my greatest prayer life came through some dark times when I was under affliction. I didn't know whether I was coming or going. And I know Pastor, you talked about that. I'd like for you to talk to our listening audience about the affliction. Talk about that affliction. I think when we even look at the uh, text and look at Jonah about affliction, the question becomes, why is, jo- why is Jonah um, facing these afflictions? And I, I think we all have to start there. Why are we facing these afflictions? Was it something that I did? What was it? What what is causing this? And I think it's the old at the old question of why me mm. um, that we that we were there. So for me, I think a lot of times if we're honest with ourselves, um, God has nothing to do with the afflictions that sometimes we bring on ourselves. Wow. You want to expound on that? I see, um, I see Minister yeah, Skipworth. I, 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 I see she wants she want to jump in. I, I made a statement. Hawk, Hawk, is, and they can, Hawk is circling around not, waiting to swoop down. Um, she can but, jump in. But, but Minister Skipworth ready to dive in. Yeah, she, she, dive she, in. she ready to jump on in this. So we call this affliction. And then we then cry to God. And, and basically, if we stop and analyze the whole scenario. <laughs> maybe we, we maybe we might not even be where we are. Now now again I, I'm going back to this whole thing is is that we have to recognize ourselves for who we are and what is and be honest with ourselves. And so that's where for me with Jonah and everything I'm going through and different things, I, I have to go back and trace where did it start? Why am I here? Um, and and what, what caused this? For every action, there's a reaction. And, and did God place me here, or did I place me here? And that's, wow. a, that's, and that's a question that I raise with myself, uh, um, so for me personally. So where I'm at is, is and I, I face afflictions constantly. Um, um, I'm saddened constantly. Um, and, and I'm sometimes because of the burdens of other people that are placed upon me. And, and I've learned about transference to understand mm. that I cannot allow someone to transfer stuff on me. I need to reject it and leave it back where it is. <laughs> so, uh, again, again, uh, I think when all of us have a purpose, and we need to understand that, 
and we need to discover what that purpose is. So I'm going to open it up, so I won't keep talking. <laughs> Minister Skipworth, she boy, she jumping, she how you say, she chopping at the bit. <laughs> I think, well, I agree, I agree with what you said, but I also think that we cry out differently. Right. Um, and I was thinking about Samson and how I believe the way he cried was through escape. And I think a lot of times we also escape and do different than gambling, sex. It doesn't necessarily have to look like that cry of help that we that we picture in our heads, similar to Jonah. But I think that we all cry out differently. So I think that as leaders, we have to figure out what does our cry look like. Mm. I think that that's important. And it's important for people that hold us accountable to know what that cry now, looks like. Are you speaking from experience? I'm, I'm just speaking in just in, I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I think we all have ways that we deal with depression. Um, but I was thinking about in particular with Samson, we, you, you lay down with this person, or you, you're gambling, or alcohol, drugs, um, a way of escape, a wow. way of escape um, to deal with depression. How do you how do you cry out? Because it may not look like what you know you know you're crying out to the Lord, asking the Lord to help you. And as far as us looking at other people, we may have to look at at other behaviors. So let me ask this, uh, Hulk, Do you think we are failing the Lord in the in the sense that Sometimes when people are crying out to the Lord and these different cries, as Minister Skipworth just mentioned, they, they come across in different ways. But sometimes God wants to use us as his hands and feet and eyes and ears and mouth to answer the cries of affliction from people. So do you think, going back to what Pastor said, that we're so busy with our own lives that we have let the Lord down, that we are not available to be those instruments that he can use to answer the cries of those who are afflicted. I wish y'all could see the face that he's getting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that when we do not pay attention to the cries of those who are going through and we're not paying attention to it, we are failing God. But um, when we hear the cry, and God allows us to hear the cry, God will lead us back to where we need to be. And I think that's the blessed assurance that we have, that we still have the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us. My God. So that when we hear the cry and we can identify what the cry is for, God will give us the plan to help them through the healing so that that cry no longer is a cry, but it's a a moment of joy. Wow. <laughs> Boy, look at here. We about to get us a shouting in here. Listen, uh, this, this, I guess being a mother, you can relate to this, uh, Minister Skipworth. I, I thought about this because babies have different types of cries for different things. They, they, there's one type of cry for hunger. There's one type of cry because they need to be changed. Another kind of cry, you know, because they just want to be picked up. And, and so you, you you open up a very interesting dynamic that in the natural, babies cry differently. And as children of God, and many times we're babes in this faith walk, you know, we're mature in some areas, but we're babes in other areas, that we're crying differently. Yeah. You, uh, 
one point that uh, Pastor Brown talked about was discipleship and going to the Word of God. And I think, um, and in your book, you talk about depression oppresses the spirit and the mind. And I think that the challenge is not always is not always if someone's saved. Is do they know the Word of God? Do they know how to to even search the Word of God, to read the Word of God, to renew their mind? Um, the Bible tells us that we have to cast down everything that that goes against the knowledge of God, right? So so how do we how do we cast it down with the knowledge of God if we don't possess the Word of God if we don't know how to go to the Word of God? And I think where we're failing is discipleship, like you said. We've got to start. And I love what you said when you when you said that, um, Delvon, when you said that. Um, when we hear the cry, yeah, because it, it lets us know that every cry is not for us to hear. That, <laughs> that everyone, wow. you know, has a specific um, purpose or destined in someone else's life. Um, but our job is to disciple. So at the end of the day, if you can't offer anybody anything, you you ought to be able to offer them a word. At the very least. At the very least. And and I think that that sometimes that's what people are looking for: hope. I mean, I think sometimes we're so, we're so, we think people are going to turn us down. Like we live in this world where no one wants to really hear us. Um, but that's part of our call is to deal with rejection as disciples of Christ. That your job is just to, to speak a word into those that you, that you come across. So I, I think that, that you, we've got to start focusing on the word, on the word of God. We've got to start going back to the word of God. Brian, I see that look. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Because I, I think that we have taken a lot of stuff out of context. Now, when you say, uh, when you mean the church, religion? The church, the church, the church. Now, what the, church? The, 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 Is the African-American church, the church in general? So let, let, let's put it here. Um, for me, sometimes it feels as if the church in general, the universe, the church. Universal church. church um is confused um you have i read the other day you have i'm not saying no names but someone who's really from the conservative side upset with a a reality that happened the kids at the border then you have someone from the liberal side saying we need to help but then you have christians saying we don't need to help and so here's my question what message are we sending at church right the church and so people who, uh, I'm all churched out, her and abused. For those who are listening, I hear his preaching voice. Right. He, so, the, pastor so, has, so, the pastor has come on, tell, the pastor is now in the broadcast booth. Tell, tell the man, just tell the truth. I'm hurt and abused. I'm all churched out. And it seems as if the church is on steroids in the sense that we don't even know we're one stream to the next stream. That we're, why would people want to come to the church if the church can't even suggest, can't even be, the, can't even be, the uh, can be kingdom minded. If we were really kingdom minded, anyone who's suffering, wow, we would want to help. Wow, it doesn't matter the color of your skin, it wow. doesn't matter what country you're from. Uh, and it's funny, it amazes me that we send missionaries to everywhere, but we can't even help people in our own front yard. I'm, I'm just throwing out that oh, that my maybe, God, maybe what she's saying Whoa. and suggesting to us, Brown, uh, from the, the word discipleship. Maybe we need to really look at that, that Jesus didn't call us to be Christians. He called us to be disciples and called us to be worried about the kingdom. Wow. Wow. For those who are listening, this is Suffering in Silence. I'm I'm your host. We're having a a great conversation here 
uh, here at the broadcast booth. I got with me Pastor Anthony Brown of the Mount Calvary Baptist Church, York, Pennsylvania. I got with me my man, Hawk, from the Friendship Baptist Church, Delvon Hawkins, Minister Hawkins of the uh, Friendship Baptist Church here in York, and Minister Aaron uh, Wilfred Skipworth of the Bethlehem Baptist Church. We're just having some great conversation talking about how the church can become relevant by being irrelevant, uh, that we've got to get relevant again. Pastor Brown uh, brought that interesting conversation up to us uh, several weeks ago about the relevancy of the church. Um, you talked about, Pastor Brown, I think this is a good opportunity to move into uh, not only in the midst of our affliction, that we are afflicted, and we know uh, from a civil rights uh, perspective uh, of, of seeing Jim Crow and seeing the atrocities of, of slavery uh, and, and the injustices of Reconstruction and, and the setback that that set up for uh, the civil rights. And then we see all these movements. Um, I don't believe you can be saved and not be concerned about what's going on at the border. I think the, the gospel demands, the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he has called me to preach the gospel to the poor. And one of the things that you just said was so powerful that Jesus healed them all. All that they brought, he healed them all. They came from the capitalists and the surrounding areas, and the key word there is all. And, and I want you to talk a little bit about that because you made a very powerful point that we're, 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 that you got the liberal, you got the liberal um, gospel, you got the conservative gospel, you got the liberation gospel, you got all these different gospels, and people are confused. And I see uh, Minister Skipworth, she got that, 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 that look again. And I see Hawk. Hawk over here. You know, when Hawk started doing this with his, with, his, you know, with his chin, he's thinking, but he's about to swoop in for this conversation. But talk a little bit about that confusion, Doc. Well, I, I, I was watching um, the Christian Progress, the 1978 film, um, and about, um, the, uh, I think it's John Bunyan, if I'm not mistaken, where the guy is pilgrim. And when he gets to the cross, he becomes Christian. There were pilgrims passing by. And then when we get to the cross, we become Christian. And when we get to the cross, it's at the cross where we all see the light. And so I'm asking the question, have we been to the cross? <laughs> because at the cross, the, the, the Jesus that we, we preach about and we teach about and we talk about cared for the least of these. And it seems to me that we have become so pious and, wow. on, our, and on our heels that we're, we have put the light out. So the light's not shining no more. But we become judgmental. We become uh, spotted by the world. Um, and with this need, um, because we want to relate to everybody, um, uh, there's only one message that the gospel teaches. And I think that we need to stick to that message. Um, so for me... Um, we're all pilgrims trying to find our way to the cross. Wow. So for me, if I can help somebody at the border, I'm glad that they're free. Because this land, this, 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 where I'm in the United States, I ain't going to be here always. So what does it bother me? I'm just passing through until I get home. And the history of that whole immigration process and, I, and, 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 and talk about hopelessness and talk about despair without being political. Um, I, I oftentimes have to correct people who say that this is a land of immigrants. It's, it's not a land of immigrants. This land is a land of, of, of immigrants. That's those who came here 
um, to seek a better life. It's a land of, of refugees. That's, that's those who are under political oppression who came here for safety, but they were going back to their homes. This is a land of slaves. To say that this, is a, this country of immigrants dismisses the fact of our ancestors, they weren't immigrants. They were slaves. They were brought here against their will, shackled, had to, had to work for 400-plus years without a paycheck to build the very wealth that this, company, this country enjoys and yet denies many of us access to. But this land is also a land of colonizers, meaning that this land don't belong to none of us. It belongs to the Native Americans. And, and they're not even mentioned in this conversation. This is their land that was taken from them by colonizers. And so if we're really going to have a conversation, a true conversational immigration, we got to talk about slavery. We got to talk about political refugees. We got to talk about the Native Americans. And we got to talk about the colonizers that came in and took this land and then put the natives of this land on reservations and said, thank you. We're going to pay you back by not allowing you to pay taxes. I'm done. I'm just saying that is what it is. Uh, 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 Minister Skipworth, you were about to say something about that, about that answer, that God answers us in the midst of our affliction. Um, I do believe that God, you know, answers us in, in the midst of our affliction. I think that, um, and one of the things that I've been just thinking about in this conversation is just the confusion and I think that that was what you were alluding to, that the, that the church is dealing with at, at this point. And I hope that, I, I hate to sound so basic, but I think it all flows back to, we've got to get back to the word of God. That's it. And, I, and I'm not, and I don't think that, that we don't have a place and that we should not get involved in certain discussions. But I do believe that we, we, we fail to focus on, on what the word says. You know, the, he was in the world and they knew him not. Uh, There's so many people that, that can't even recognize who we are as Christians because we're being pulled in so many directions, but we're not standing on the word of truth, which is our first obligation to the church. And as the kingdom. And, and to the kingdom. God's word is his kingdom authority. And if we are ambassadors, of that kingdom. You're so very right, Minister right. Skipworth. We got to get back to the basics. Right. And and that's that's not being political. Right. You, you can't politicize what God said. What right. God says, he said. Right. What's the basics though? Well, here, here's my question. Even we can say that. I agree with it. Right. But we are so divided. Well, we can't, <laughs> the, we can't right. even agree on the basics. Well, we can't, but we can't, we also can't let certain disagreements divide us as the body of the Christ. body of Christ. And I think that that's where that's where a lot of the the um the divides come in. Because just because I, I don't necessarily agree or see that viewpoint, it doesn't mean that we don't agree with with what God says. Um it 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 does not mean that um that we should allow those things to divide us. And I think I think that's what we're going through. And I I even Delvon, you had talked about um, the older generation not being able to connect with the younger generation. I think one thing is they're, we're dealing we, we're dealing with things that they they haven't dealt with. Really, it, you know, it's it's hard for them to understand. Now you're and, you're millennial. Yeah. Are you considered millennial? Yeah. Okay. And it's hard for we feel like they can't. Sometimes we feel like they can't they can't reach us. But we're dealing with what social media. I mean, they can't they can't relate to some of those 
to some of those issues that we're dealing with. We, we, we have a social media image and then we have a real image and we're trying to line the two up. And then we, we don't understand why the older generation can't speak to that. What you mentioned about social media and going back to Itaca, he mentioned something about the social media. Right. He, he said something about social media um, in his video. Right. And that's a whole different level of, 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 of depression. Right. Online bullying. Yeah, he, he alluded to the fact that who he had become on social media was not who he was in real life, but he was, he was so worried and so fearful about changing his image on social media that he felt like he couldn't break away from that. He felt like he had to keep that image going. And that's where that guilt and that shame began wow. began to set in. Um, and it the, the whole situation really shows you how it's such a spiritual warfare issue because in his in his video apologizing, one of the things that he says he says I'm sorry to leave such a, a stained legacy, and that hmm. he felt like he had to pay for his sins. So I and I don't know what his spiritual journey was, but there's there's a generation who feels like they are responsible for paying for their sins. And Christ has already paid. It's already been, the debt has already been paid. Right. My God. Wow. For those who are listening, I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walter. This is Suffering in Silence. We're having a conversation by Itica, a young man just committed suicide, uh, YouTube sensation, and we're having some preacher talk, some, some passionate conversation about um, suffering in silence. Listen, if you are dealing with suicidal thoughts, depression, anxiety, discouragement, despondency, Silence is not your friend. The worst thing you can do is try to go through this and keep your mouth shut. The Bible says in Revelation chapter number 12 that they overcame him, that is Satan, by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the lamb. God has given you the word. It's naughty. It's in your mouth. You've got to open your mouth. You've got to talk about it. And we're talking about it. It occurs. Life is a lesson, but it's also language. In his death, he's saying that there are others out there like me that's on the verge of suicide, on the verge of exiting. But we've got to open our ears, open our eyes, and open our hearts to hear the cries of the afflicted. Uh, Hawk, um, you, you just saw your friend. He, yeah, that one, <laughs> Pastor Brown. He, all we need to do is just give him a pulpit just now. He that 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 preacher pastor just showed up that we see on a Monday night, Monday afternoon, uh, about about the passion uh, of the church. Now, talk about your experience of how God moves into the areas of our affliction and gives us answers. Um, for me, when I feel afflicted, God He, he speaks to me in different ways. I love music. Um, mm. I love gospel music. Um, uh, not a lot of the newer stuff, but there's some of them. Um, and there are times when I feel like, you know, I, <laughs> I have nothing to offer in life sometimes. Wow. And God will put a song in my spirit, mm. literally put a phrase of a song in my spirit. Like, say, for instance, a song, You Will Win, or You Are More Than a Conqueror. Um, and that would just play in my spirit, and that's when my my confidence comes back. But it's not in me. It's in him, because in me, I'm really nobody. But in him, I am somebody. Wow. That's real, Doc. 
And for those who might be dealing with depression, you cannot defeat depression in your own power. It is a spiritual attack. It is an attack of the enemy. Um, and he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, you cannot overcome the spirit of depression by natural means. You've got to have a spiritual strategy, and that strategy is the word of God. God, not only does he answer, he is the answer. Um, that's what Jonah is trying to tell us. He says that in the midst of my affliction, I cried to God. And not only did God give me the answer, he became the answer that I needed. Pastor, Pastor Brown, talk about, uh, I know you are, you, are, you are Baptist and you love hymnology. Blessed assurance. Uh, uh, Jonah said that out of the belly of hell, I cried and thou heardest me, which means that there's an assurance attached to this answer. Talk about that assurance, man, because somebody may even understand that they are assured. Here's the piece is there is no place you can be where God is not. Mm. Um, God is everywhere. And I know we we say it so much, but we don't believe it. Um, And so um, could it be that God is pressing us to get us to cry. Um, and and in our cry, he wants to he wants he wants to acknowledge the fact that I'm the only one that can get you out of this. Time out, Doc. You said could it be that God is pressing us in an attempt to get us to cry? Right. Talk what do you mean when you say that? When we when you when you bring up Jonah, we, we have to look at the the biblical implications of Jonah. Jonah is a man of God who has an assignment on his life, who basically rejects the assignment and wants to go the other way. God then he then says, I'm done with all this. You know what? I'm jumping off. He jumps off. God prepares a fish for him. And he's in that fish, and then Jonah comes to his senses while he's in that, that, that fish that God prepared for him. What I'm suggesting is, is that God prepared the fish. Why did God prepare the fish? Because he wanted to get something across to Jonah. And once Jonah cried, once he, once he realized that, then it was as if the, the windows of heaven were open. I, I, I mean, I, I know I throw that out there like that, but... What I'm saying is, 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 is that God, um, I believe that God will do anything except fail to get our attention. Am I safe to suggest that sometimes when we're dealing with depression, our best thing to do is to cry to God? Right. That is the best thing to do. That. Depression is not necessarily the fish itself. It is being in the belly of a place of hopelessness. You can't get out. You can't get out. Right. And, and not only did, did the fish swallow Jonah, but he went to the bottom of the sea. So the fish came up and spit Jonah out, which means that he swallowed Jonah and went down to the depths. And, and it wasn't in, 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 in this movie, Pilgrim's Progress. My well, goodness. Pilgrim had a key. Um, and the key, he didn't realize that he had the key, which was the answer, to get out of where he was in. God wants to cry. He, he already has given us what he wants us to do to get out of it. It is that the enemy comes to distract us 
from realizing what God really wants. And so, and I often tell people this, there is yourself speaking to you, there is God speaking to you, and there is Satan speaking to you. Mm -hmm. You have to discern who's speaking to you. Wow. That's revelatory. I see Minister uh, uh, Skipworth over there. She got that look. Go ahead and dive in. Uh, I agree with um, you, you said that God is pressing us. Um, and I thought that the spirit sealed and the father draws. And I, and I do think that there are certain, certain situations um, that force us to, to, to connect with God because we're in such desperation. Mm. Um, and sometimes, you know, God cannot connect with us to draw us unless we're in, unfortunately, because of our nature, unless we're in a, a, in a, a place where we, we feel like we have to cry out. Like it's, it's, it's sometimes it's our last, our last hope. Wow. Um, but I think that's where that, that spiritual connection is so important that, that, that God can't draw us unless we're connecting with his word. That that's the way he draws, that's the way he, he, he draws us in um, to get closer to him. It, it is, it, it is, it, it, it is, it is interesting because I often wonder about Jonah. Now, Jonah, why did you place yourself there? It's your fault. And, and, and I don't have that answer why. Yeah, and I, I also want to, and I know that, you know, we know this, but I also want to kind of put it out there that you could be depressed. It could be a spiritual issue, but it can also be the chemical imbalance where you, you need more than just the word of God. So I, I just want to kind of throw that out there. because like Mental said, health. Right, mental health. Because, we you know, there could be people that, that are on the line who are dealing with depression. So it's not always, it, you know, it's not just spiritual, but sometimes it's, it's a, a chemical imbalance and you, you need some actual life. Exactly. You need a therapist. You, you, need, you, a, right, you right. need a psychologist right. as a Christian. Exactly. Right. As a Christian, mm -hmm. until you get to a point of mental strength right. where God gets you off, you don't just take yourself off. You right. get to a point where God has released you from the need of that. that that's a very key point that I think we miss as Christians. Thank you so much. Uh, Hulk. Um, I was going to emphasize the fact that Jonah was in the fish. Um, but what I'm glad about the story is that the fish didn't swallow him up. Um, that when he finally did cry out, um, he got out of that situation. He was able to be spat out of uh, the fish. And so the good news is when we do cry out to God, um, and I think that is the, the main message at least for right here, is that we need to cry out to God. Um, and God will get you out of that fish situation. Wow. Etika was crying out. He was crying out for help. He was crying out to his family, crying out to his friends, crying out to YouTube. He was crying out. We don't know if he cried out to God or not, but we do know he cried out. And for whatever reason, he felt like he wasn't being answered and he did not have assurance. Because of that, he took his life. You hear under the sound of my voice, depression, mental health, distress, despair, discouragement, it's all, it's all affliction. 
We all have afflictions in life. We all have moments and seasons and cycles of depression where we just don't feel like going on. Feels like we're in a place of hopelessness and despair. But the good news is that no matter where we are, God is right there. And he's in earshot. All you've got to do is cry out to him. Because not only does God give you the answer, he himself is the answer that you need. So if you're facing the affliction of depression, maybe it's, maybe it's a mental uh, health issue. Maybe you have a chemical imbalance. Listen, I don't care how saved you are. Find you a therapist. Find you a Christian counselor. Find you somebody who's saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, far baptized, but also understand clinical counseling and set up an appointment and talk to them. Um, um, and, 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 and if they give you a prescription, follow the doctor's order because God does use medical science. Just in case you don't believe me, read the book of Luke and the book of Acts. I believe the reason why God allowed those two books to be written in the Holy Writ, because they were written by a doctor, a physical doctor by the name of Luke, wrote Acts and Luke. And I believe what he's trying to say is this, that when you have gone to the doctor and the doctor has done all he can do, there's another doctor that you can cry out to. His name is Jesus. He is the Elohim. He is the El Shaddai. He's an earshot. So not only does he become the answer, but he's also the assurance that you're going to come out of this. If there's any lesson we can learn from Itaca's story is that you don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have to suffer alone. We're about to get ready to land this plane. It's almost coming up to 920. Uh, we want to thank our executive producer, uh, Pastor Kevin Strouder out of Chi-Town, Illinois, holding it down in Chi-Town. Thank you for the extra half hour. Thank you for what you do for the GMAP One Broadcasting Network, the number one motivational, inspirational, 24-7 platform on the planet. I want to give a shout-out to our guest today, Pastor Anthony Brown of the Mount Calvary Baptist Church, Minister Aaron Wilfred Skipworth of the Bethlehem Baptist Church, and Minister Delvon Hawkins of the Friendship Baptist Church. We're going to let them close this segment out by giving us a little bit about themselves and their ministry. And then we're going to give a shout out where you can go and find the book, Suffering in Silence, The Journey to Overcoming Pulpit Depression. It's my story about how God delivered me from depression. And if God delivered me, I'm, I'm a witness. He can deliver you. We're going to let these gospel greats, these prognosticators of the gospel, these Preachers of the Evangelion give us a little bit about themselves, and we're going to get ready to land this plane. Uh, we won't be here next week. Uh, it is the 4th of July holiday. We're going to be away. We're going to see you on the other side of the holiday. And so when we come back, we're going to see you at the same time, same place, from GMAP1 Broadcasting Network. Give us a shout-out. Let us know a little about yourself, starting with Minister Skipworth, and we'll go around the pastor, and then Hawk, and then we'll get ready to close out. Suffering in Silence. Thank you for tuning in on tonight. This is Aaron Wilford-Skipworth. Um, I'm a mother of two sons, Xavier Skipworth and Julia Skipworth, and I'm a wife of Rodney Skipworth, and he's on the line. So, hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm currently an associate pastor of congregational care at the Bethlehem Baptist Church in York, Pennsylvania, and I'm also working on my doctorate wow. um, yeah, in biblical leadership at Lancaster Bible College, where I'm focusing on boundary standing leadership among African-American women preachers and pastors. All right. Dr. Aaron. I'm going to put it out there. Dr. Aaron. Wilfred Skipworth, thank you so much. You're going to give a shout-out. Uh, if, if you're interested in reaching out to Bethlehem Baptist, do you have a website or some information? Sure. BethlehemInYork.org. BethlehemInYork.org. Go there, and you can reach out to uh, Minister Minister uh, Skipworth, 
by way of the website. She is over pastoral congregational care. So if you heard her voice tonight and you would like to reach out to Bethlehem Baptist Church family to get more information for her or for Dr. Wilford, just go to BethlehemInYork.org. Pastor. I'm Pastor Brown, Anthony Brown, over at the Mount Calvary Baptist Church in York. If you're not busy, join us um, at 1015 on Sundays. Um, I am the husband uh, to a lovely lady named Valdija. I have two children, Aubrey and Bella. Praise God for that. <laughs> uh, and I am currently in school um, trying to become a doctor in the Lord's Church. A doctor? We got two doctors in the house. Dr. Anthony Brown. If if uh, if if we want to uh, reach out to Mount Calvary, do you have a, a contact? Facebook? Facebook. What's your, what's, your, what's your call line? Mount Calvary Baptist. That's all I know. Mount Calvary Baptist. Listen, put in Mount Calvary Baptist and add to that York, Pennsylvania, and I'm sure it will come up. Uh, and if you want to hear more about what's going on at Mount Calvary Baptist Church here in York, reach out to them on Facebook. Uh, Pastor Anthony Brown is his name. I'm quite sure his name is on that tagline. And reach out to them, and I'm sure they will hit you back up. Uh, my man, Delvon Hawkins of the Friendship Baptist Church here in York, PA. Hello, my name is Delvon Hawkins. Um, I, I am not married. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have any children. <laughs> I attend the Friendship Baptist Church of York, Pennsylvania. Uh, I serve as the Young Adults Director there. Um, I am a bachelor student um, at the Faith Theological Seminary. Um, praise God. Amen. <laughs> That's it. All right. So he he's he's on step number one to becoming that doctor. So we got Dr. Skipworth, we got Dr. Brown, and we got soon to be down the road, Dr. Hawkins. Thank you all so much for joining us on tonight. Listen, we are so glad that you're tuned in and you listen to Suffering in Silence. If you are out there battling depression, you don't have to suffer by yourself. You don't have to suffer in silence. Silence is not your friend. I want you to know the greater is he that's in you, he's that's in the world. If you are in Christ, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you don't know him, get to know him. And to know him is to love him and to love him is to serve him. To our executive producer again, Pastor Kevin Strada, holding it down in Chi-Town, Illinois. Thank you so much for giving us this extra time on tonight. For those of you in the GMAP uh, Broadcasting Network family, if you want to reach out to me uh, to get a copy of Suffering in Silence, Journey to Overcoming Pulpit Depression, go to my Amazon page. Go to Amazon, type in Dr. Larry T. Walthar, or type in Suffering in Silence. Uh, it will take you to the Amazon page. You're going to see a blue book with white letters that says Suffering in Silence, The Journey to Overcoming Pulpit Depression. Follow the uh, prompts there on Amazon. You can PDF it to your mobile device or order a hard copy, and, uh, and Amazon will definitely get that out to you. Also, you can go to GMAP1 Broadcasting Network, gmap1.com. Go to the bookstore and browse the books. Come to Suffering in Silence, uh, and you can order it there. You can go to my website. Uh, D-R-L-T-W-M, D-R-L-T-W-M dot org. Go to the bookstore and uh, you can download it to your PDF uh, file. Uh, you can download it to your mo mobile device, your tablet, or you can order a copy uh, from our personal website uh, through D-R-L-T-W dot org. Finally, you can go to our Facebook page, Dr. Larry T. Walthour Ministries. Click the blue button. It's going to take you to the website. Uh, bookstore, and you can order it there. Again, this is Suffering in Silence. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthire. We're going to be gone for two weeks. And so, my brothers and sisters, 
Make sure you be safe. Make sure you stay sound. And if you're not saved, get saved. And if you are saved, make sure that you stay sealed with this grace. We're going to ask Minister Skipworth to close us out with a word of prayer. Any final remarks from these two great uh, prognosticators, Pastor Brown, uh, Pastor, I mean, well, not Pastor, uh, Minister Hawkins, Pastor Brown, any final remarks? Yes, thank you for having me. Man, thank you for answering the call. Yes, sir. And thank you also for having me as well, sir. Thank you. And to my grands over there in the cut, Janelle and Kalai, thank you for so much for hanging out with Grandpa. Now that you saw what I do, y'all smiling, so I guess that means I did a good job. They're waving, GMAP, letting you know from Florida, sunshine. Uh, Minister Skipworth, she's going to close us out with a word of prayer. Our hearts and minds and wonderful. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this, this day, God. God, thank you for this is the day that you have made, and we've come to rejoice in that. And we thank you for, God, this time, God, of discussion, God, uh, regarding depression, God. God, you said it in your word that, that all things will work to our good, God, for those that we want to call according to your purpose, God. God. So we ask that, God, that you would just touch those dealing with depression, God. God, we ask that you would equip those, equip people around them, God, who God can speak a word into their life, God, God, to help them through, God. God, God when we are afflicted, God, we, we know that you will never leave us or forsake us, God. Thank we you, Lord. Thank you, God. God, we give you all the honor and praise, God. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Walthar. This has been Suffering in Silence. We'll see you in two weeks. Same time, same place, same channel, GMAP1, Broadcasting Network, the number one motivational, inspirational platform on the planet, 24-7, seven days a week. We'll see you in two weeks. Until then, enjoy your family, engage your friends, exercise your faith, and expect God's favor. God bless you. We'll see you in two weeks. We're out. Peace.